I'm like a white, white knight. You know, I'm not a white king. I'm, I'm white. I'm white nobility. I'm definitely not a white king. Uh, I feel like to be a white king is like Chet Hanks is a white king. You know what I mean? Like like uh, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk's a white king. Bill Clinton, for all the bad shit he's done, white king. You know. Um, let's see who else. Paul is Wall. A white. Paul Wall, great. Paul Wall is kind of. I don't even know if he's in the white category. I feel yeah, like it, I feel like he is a black guy. Yeah, I I've always felt that way. Even after like, I, I don't feel out, like Paul Wall. I mean, you know, maybe it's not my place to say, but I don't feel like he's a part of white culture even. No, you know I mean, I, yeah, like he doesn't. When I was, he's a not kid, a poser by any means. Like he's not a no. white guy acting black. He's a black he's not guy a Malibu's who, most. He's, yeah. he's a black guy who happens to be white. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, very, 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 very astute. Yes, I agree completely. Because I remember as a kid when I first heard uh, Grills, I was like, "Man, this is a rap song, and every guy that's on the song is black." It's just you know, you hear it and you're like. That's that's a bunch of black dudes in that in that in that group, and then you see the music video, and you're like, "Hold on a second. Uh, that's Paul Wall. So I, I mean, maybe he's maybe he's a black king. Maybe we don't overcomplicate things. Maybe Paul Wall. I'll put it on the record. Paul Wall's Paul a Wall, black, black guy, black you know black I mean? king. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Not, I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've risen to kingliness yet. I'm like a white. Um, like land noble, maybe a sort of a duke, perhaps, or like a white, uh, uh, v- white uh, lord, white vicar, you know, like white, mm. um, just some sort of. I have my not my a serf necessarily, but yeah, it's no, still I'm I'm middling. I, baron, my, my, maybe baron. Yeah, but white baron sounds awesome. I'm gonna. I think you. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's not clear what my nobility is or what my position is in sort of the hierarchy of royal titles, but I like white Baron. White Baron sounds good to me. And, uh, I'm going to put that on my resume. Like under I'm a my, white Baron, uh, non-racist, <laughs> non-racist white Baron. I have three black friends and lots of Mexican friends. It's not by choice that I have more Mexican friends than black friends. It's just by nature of where I was born location wise. And you know, I just, I, I, if Paul Wall, I like to consider myself an honorary Latino. Uh, you know, just something I always, I never quite understood until I like, I mean, I don't know. I guess I came to be college age around the time that this became like a kind of like a widely discussed issue. I always thought Mexican dudes could say it. All throughout high school, I was just like, oh, yeah, they can say it, they're allowed to say it. You know, soft day. No one, no one really is allowed to hard R. Even when some black comedians do it, I'm like, God. <laughs> like when, like when, it's like Chappelle lets it fly, or like you know, fucking uh, Chris Rock. I'm like, that does still doesn't sound too good. <laughs> I know it makes me uncomfortable, but also I know it's supposed to make me specifically. Yes, exactly. So it's like, right, you know, right. It's, yeah, but I, I mean, I I think it's 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 funny. There's like hierarchies where it's like white guys can't really enforce it to to. No, Latinos, like we they can be like, hey, yeah. you can kind of go like, hey, you know, but you can't be like, hey, stop it right now. You can just be like, hey, come on, man. But that's about as far as you can. As Those a white really- guy, if you're a if you're a Latino guy, you can tell white people not to say it. 
For sure, yeah. You also, got, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess anybody can tell white people not to say it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, other white people for sure. You know, like yeah, definitely. Probably, you know, where rapper, should, probably where it should, you know, start realistically. That Mexican but. OT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's a dude. He he says it, drops it all the time. And there was that live. It keeps getting reposted on Instagram. Some of my favorite videos. Somebody uh, added him on his live and was like, "Drop the N word and keep it straight, Rasa." Like, you know, like, hey, bro, you don't. And then he was like, uh, you know, hey, fuck you, fella. Why don't you uh, eat my ass while you jack me off? <laughs> Just like every, all the comments under like his music videos that he posts, people are like, hey, dude, we don't got to. I know I know you're from the H, but we don't got to be saying times have changed. And he's just like, hey, I'm letting it hang out. I'm a big fat Mexican guy. Like, again, I don't I never even feel like, yeah, you're right. It's not a two way street with white people and Latino people. Like, I feel like I they can tell if I tomorrow woke up and was like, I'm going to start saying it. All my friends that are, you know, from back home and then like my friends from here that are Hispanic could be like. Jake, I don't know what happened to you overnight, but <laughs> you gotta you gotta really turn that shit off. I'm not sure what I don't know if you got like a TBI or something or you know, but we really but you know, if my friend wants to say it, Alex and he is Mexican guy, I feel like it's not really my business. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, you know. But what I was trying to say is I did, I thought it was fine. And then I like got to college. It's like I moved to Austin. And uh we there was like a I, I don't remember how or where this conversation occurred, but it was like, I made the joke, which wasn't really a joke at the time. I was like, yeah, Mexican guys can say it. So I was like, no. And I was like, dude, here's the thing. Mexican guys from South Houston, Vietnamese gas station owners inside the 610 loop. If you're familiar with the Houston area, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those guys do not play around at all. They are hard as coffin nails. And they like, some of them... Like, you go into the store to get whatever the fuck you're getting, and they're like, yo, what's up, my man? Like, they fucking, they don't, like, they just, I don't know if they moved here, and then their, like, introduction to English was Ave, but, like, that's just, you know, I don't know if they do say it, but I feel like that guy, for whatever reason, or for a variety of different reasons, perhaps, has more room to say it than I do. Like, I'm not going to tell Johnny Dang. Exactly. Great point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, that's not, (laughs) hey. You know, do you he think, hangs around much more qualified people to tell him. Yeah, you know? PhDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hangs around the engineers. If, if, you know if, if, I mean? if Bun B is okay with it, you know, and that's not... Slim Thug. Yeah, if Thug right? is letting you... Know, you they're yeah, they're yeah. kind of the executives around there. Yeah, absolutely. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Zero and Trey the Truth and Slim Thug are all like, yeah... You know, that's that's my man. As, as a we're... as a white guy, we only are allowed to get we're we only have authority over music opinions, right? And also, we can be we can we can we can be like, no, you can't say that about Kurt Cobain or something like that. But we he, can't really say, you know, we have to pick our battles, right? Like, I feel like the only groups of people that you and me and whatever genre of white guy we inhabit, the only groups of people we can like to get more specific about the white to white declaration of no inward is is wiggers you can you got to be like hey we can't be doing that you know what i mean like we hey bro i know that like in sixth grade maybe you can get away with it up until seventh you know like a like a soft day here and there uh but you know times have changed man so if you're 35 years old and you like live in ohio 
and uh, you work at like a, or you live in Florida, you work at a Publix or something, and you're like, you're letting them fly. Um, I guess for white guys in Florida, um, they have like reverse dog years. Like a 35-year-old Floridian Publix cash register is really like a 14-year-old boy, I think. Like, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Like, there's people like that in Texas. Like, I know guys, you know, that just go back home and there's a bar called Republic House in Pasadena where I'll go and drink. And it's like everybody from like every high school in like a 20 mile radius goes to drink there for like the last 10 graduating classes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Guys in their late 20s and 30s like, yo, Jake, what's up? Been a long ass time. My beep. And I'm like, man, I, I remember having so much fun hanging out with you and smoking weed with you. And drinking Mickey's with you at the skate park. And maybe at that time, the soft day in 2009, 2010 was, you know, maybe it was set at the skate park by some people, you know, but we're not at the skate park anymore and I'm almost 30 and I feel like maybe we should just, we should just, you just got to cut it out. And I don't like to be the guy who's trying to like encroach on anybody's free speech because thomas as you know i am a free speech absolutist right I, right yeah. and i was about to get to that you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much i value free speech as a virtue in and of itself right right you know um, that's uh that's something we love talking about yeah yeah but uh but yeah uh it's it's just like uh i i i do remember like kind of having I mean, like, I, like whenever I found out that it was just not okay for, like, Mexican, I was, like, a light bulb went off over my head. I was, like, dude, all the Mexican guys where I'm from say it. It's just, and he was, like, yeah, they probably shouldn't, though. And I was, like, dude, it's, like, somebody explained string theory to me. I was, like, that actually makes sense because it's, it's not, you know what I mean? And they were like, yeah, 100%. No, I've known that my whole life. <laughs> Obviously, like, my black friends are, like, no, that just, you know. They and I was like, oh fuck, dude! This whole time I thought, you know, it was like a chart. <laughs> I remember when I found out I couldn't say it a few months ago. 2019, very, 2020. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. I guess it was March. And <laughs> it was your birthday, man, Jake. For some reason, yeah. I just woke up March fifteenth. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, I thought. I don't know why I thought differently. Yeah, but you know, it's been weeks now, and uh -huh. you know. I'll tell you what, man. Um, I've noticed. Um, I just zoned out pretty bad, actually. That's but okay. Were, no, it's okay. Um, sometimes, boys, you are uh, tasked with building a uh, eighty-foot or so long stone wall when it is one hundred and ten <laughs> degrees out, and the concrete mixer breaks as soon as you plug it in yeah so you spend the whole day mixing concrete in wheelbarrows yeah <laughs> and then you breathe all that in and then you get home and you don't know how to read anymore <laughs> i was uh uh ashley's one of her best friends from back home she came to visit last night and her boyfriend i, f I forget what he does he works he works in construction and we were just talking about like you know, I was, I was just, I was like, dude, I got it made. I hope I don't ever have to go back to doing that shit ever again. And she had just gotten a job working in like, uh, like training. Basically, like she works um, in the corporate side of the the plants back home in Houston, mm -hmm. and she does like 
training, like HR and safety, like the books that they hand you. If you ever go to work at a big plant, if you've ever worked at a big plant, if you're maybe if you're union, you know what I'm talking about. But like mm-hmm. when you work at a for the audience, if you work at a construction site in a state that's not union, lots of times you'll get a book or a pamphlet. And that book or pamphlet is like says stuff like if you ever feel unsafe, you can say, I don't wish to work today and everyone will respect you for that decision. And no one will call you a pussy or every homophobic slur in the world. And if they do, you can tell your boss and he will respect you because he has to abide by the. It's basically a book full of horseshit, you know, and and she was talking about how like the plants, they're trying to like really drive home safety, especially as hot as it gets or whatever. And him and I were just talking about like all those meetings that you'd have six in the morning, you know. You get to the job site five thirty, and the same thing when I worked on like a like a subcontract and doing like roofing and home remodeling. You know, you in the work truck, and the guy's like, "Hey, it's hot today. If you're feeling tired and you feel like you're, what you're doing is a risk to your life or others, hey, you stop, and 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 I won't give you no lip. You know, and if anybody tries to give you any fucking grief, you come let me know. It's like a foreman or something. I'm like, okay, man, I'm really thank you for telling me that. And then by like 7.30, some like 50-year-old man is asking you to get on top of two ladders stacked together <laughs> like up the side of a house that has like a sheer wall or whatever or like getting in an unventilated tank to like spray down whatever the fuck and, and like how that – the culture of work safety, I don't know if it's the destruction of unions and that's a much more articulate, intelligent conversation that people much smarter than me can have, but it's almost like there's a culture of danger – like it's like a mixture of weird mass machismo and danger where like I did on several occasions I like cuz you they they tell you in the safety meeting or whatever like you and everyone on this job site has stop work authority it doesn't matter if you're a, from a site supervisor to a fucking hand everybody has it if you see something not safe you you speak up and then if you try to use that people are like do you did you suck a dick on the way to work this morning <laughs> Do do we need to stop by? I need to get your tampons for your pussy. Just get up in the man lift. I know it collapsed two days ago. And we ain't fixed it, but it's just no, I don't. I I, I, th- I think at a certain point, like when you get really tired, especially even yeah. like uh, like work culture aside, I think your body kind of uh, your brain is like, you know what, we're off. Yeah, <laughs> and if we die on the job, then we don't have to work anymore. Right, and, and even <laughs> dude, you can have your wedding the next day. And your body will do that. Too like yeah. I, I've, I don't know. I've been like in a tree before and been like, do I even have a harness on of any kind? Yeah, I'm like fifty <laughs> feet up in the air. I'm like, I guess. Oh, yeah, I'm not, not tied in. I'm not tied off to anything at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of, kind of drifting here. But anyway, yeah, I mean. I don't think, and some guys, for some guys, it's like a a, a machismo thing, yeah, almost, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I think I've, for, I've also I've just been tired before and just done stupid shit without realizing. Also, I think it is like it. I because I, I was talking to her about it, she knows more about it. Like it's her job to like they're trying to unless whatever plant she works for, I think they're trying to like implement you know these like site wide changes or whatever. But she had made a point that I had like noticed in the short time that I'd spent working on like a like a big job of like. It is like a generational thing because there is like fair, like up until fairly like if you if you're working with a dude in his 50s or 60s, he 100 percent knows a guy who died, maybe more than one, like on the job. Because if you were if you were building like plants in, in and around Galveston, like before 1980, 
It was just like, yeah, I need you to get about neck deep in that pit of caustic oil. And then I need you to drink a little bit of it. <laughs> I need you to get up on top of this this here tower, not tied off. I need you to do 50 jumping. Like, the tasks that you were given were almost cartoonishly designed to kill you. They, they you know, whatever. But the younger generation is like, I don't know about this. And then, you know, the older is like, of course, old timers at all. Like, I remember when we first started doing the show, it was a guy that I would reference often where if I, like, if I would complain about it being hot, he was like, you know what's hot? Afghanistan. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then like a week would go by. I'm like, God damn, it's hot. And he's like, try having 40 pounds of gear in your rut in the mountains of Afghanistan. <laughs> he, was, he was like an army or like a Marine, but I don't fucking know. And I'd be like, dude, I've never been. I, I hear it's pretty warm out there in the fucking desert. I hear it gets, I hear it gets pretty hot. Yeah, this ain't nothing. hundred and... The degrees would always get higher with this guy. One of those dudes. I, I was out there. It was 180 degrees one day. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> imagine, yes, sir. <laughs> imagine walking with a backpack that weighs 400 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to walk 75 miles a day. Yeah. And there's, there's these sandworms out there. And <laughs> basically the way their vibrations are when you feel them, you'll, you'll feel them coming before they do. <laughs> and, and only certain ones can ride these worms. Yeah, but basically yeah. with the the spice that they release, what keeps us all alive. See, so my buddy got got sent out to Fallujah. I was lucky, you know. I got to experience the real shit. I went to I went to the planet from Dune. Me, me, and went, me and my I boy. Went to, uh, Arrakis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think Arrakis bad? Try Arrakis. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if it's how it's pronounced. I just, that's how I say it in my head in the book. So it's, <laughs> if I'm wrong, you can kiss my ass because it's a book, and you can say shit however you want to when it's a book. Uh, yeah, I don't fucking know. I the 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 like that world. I don't know. I've talked about it a little bit. Like that world and the corporate world are like they're just two different, different places. It's just it's not even like. There's just no, you know, like, and, and thinking back, like looking back and being like, huh, you know, I'm like, there are definitely things about it that I, that I, that I do miss, you know, but like, absolutely. I, I understand like people like working with their hands or whatever and going into the trades is very lucrative because I don't, the it one can thing be, I, it's it, the thing is, there's not uh you actually have to be pretty smart about. You have to be smart and lucky with going into the trades because there's so many dead end jobs. Um, I think if you join a union, you're generally good, but here they don't really have them. So, but if you're in like New York or something, you join a union, get a trade job like that, you're you're probably going to be fine. Well, I know my buddy's in the pipe fitters union out here, and he says that it's hard sometimes. Uh, it's hard to get into. A lot of big jobs won't hire union guys. Uh, uh, because they just because like for instance the job that I worked was at a uh, uh, polypropy- polypropylene plant plastic precursor they make the little plastic pellets that get shipped off to get turned into milk jugs or whatever and when I signed my contract it was for five tens so you know ten hour days five days a week Saturday Sunday off but I get there and my dad my first day on the job my dad's in the lunch tent or whatever and he's like uh welcome 
you know <laughs> and my dad's like kind of very cartoonish you know drunkenly jovial he's like i was like uh like what they what they have you doing and i'm like i'm working with a mechanic right now he's like that's cool aaron's a cool guy I'm like oh cool and i was like see y'all are on five tens and he was like <laughs> and no uh, we are on seven twelves and there ain't no end in sight brother i'm just day 10 and i was like oh and then i like told my buddy who like worked in the pipe fitters you know i was like yeah dude i signed a contract work for five tens but my dad said they're on day 10 and they're working seven twelves and he was like oh you should just like you should walk out. <laughs> I was like, I, I think they would lose my, I would lose my job. And he's like, oh yeah, you would for sure. I wouldn't though. <laughs> I was like, okay. I just don't know. Like it's probably, but he did make a point. It's like, it's a lot of, a lot of, if you're like union affiliated, got trained in a union and you're still with the union, it, it can be difficult in places like Texas and Florida, basically any state in the South, it's kind of like dissolved them into nothing to like land a, a job with the union or whatever they'll find you work but it won't always be you know uh, uh which sucks you know but i don't know one of one of them things yeah. one of them things motherfucker what motherfucker welcome you to the one mother- unlucky motherfucker coming in in here from the pipe fitters union <laughs> <laughs> yeah we them scab boys <laughs> the f- they're talking like a bunch of like Philadelphia like like Irish teenagers like a Frank gang from like 1892. Yeah, I don't actually I don't know if that's how Irish immigrants spoke. I'm sure they spoke with heavy hey. Irish, <laughs> heavy Irish accents. <laughs> hey, it's me, the Irish well, Jimmy. Well, well, welcome to America, motherfucker. Welcome to America, motherfucker. I'm I'm the leader of the Irish guy gang. I'm Irish tea. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Irish coffee because I. <laughs> Cause, yeah, that's not it. I'm not gonna go down that. All right, that's fine. I'm off SVU, Southern Velvet University. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. Oh, you went to UT? That's nice. I went to Southern Velvet University. I went to I. I was the the head getter of my class at Southern Velvet University. Yeah, I taught. So I was so good. At, at, at sex 101 that they had me teach the advanced sexual courses sex 14 i graduated summer come in a girl i graduated summer some come loud some come lord jesus a lord <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh oh man i knew that i didn't deserve to graduate cum laude because when i was at my graduation i was reading it and all the people that were there and i was like <laughs> cum load <laughs> I like i of course you know like the people who were like magna and summa or whatever the fuck i was like i wanted to pull one of them aside and i was like do you think this is funny and they probably would say no i guess some of them would but for me i was like yeah i kind of barely squeaked by with this you know too many too many fucking uh keg stands and key bumps but sometimes the state pays for four years of that, and then you never pay it back. I think I'm going to graduate with dishonors. <laughs> that should be like a. That should be a, like basically me and all my friends. Like they should have a, just a group. You're not even bottom fifteen percent. It's like you you don't do so badly that you get put on academic. But you're like within that two point seven and two point nine GPA rate. You know what I mean? Like because anything under that, it's like all right. Well, you just you know. To, I mean, I don't know. It really lets I, I change yeah, that. I mean, I I did just work my way up to a two point nine, but it's okay. You know, a lot of people. 
I had a two point. That's not even. That's not even cumulative. That's that's off two semesters. But you know, at the end of the day, um, I think I think people are a lot more impressed with guys who barely scrape by and take like ten years to get a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Than anybody who like made it into like you know Harvard, Harvard Medical something. School. Yeah. Like seeing that somebody went to like five different community colleges and failed at all, almost all of them, and then just kind of <laughs> gave up. I yeah. think that means a lot more than somebody who, say, like, went to MIT and then, like, has a house now. Yeah. And, like, a future ahead of them. Like, when you look at who's really, like, moving money around and who's, like, making deals and stuff, a lot of the times it's it's not the college graduates even. It's the guys who just sort of borrow money from their parents a lot. <laughs> you know? it, honestly, I know you said that in a joking tone, but, like, the thing that I have like quite realized, like being graduate from college, graduate of college like six years, seven years now, like, um, I know guys who had like two point twos, just real chug a lug motherfuckers, beer belly, beer pong, fucking bong ripping idiots, very close friends of mine, and they are crushing it in sales and like you know these like tech jobs where you just have to be a fun alcoholic because these new tech companies love to hire fun alcoholics that just that are smart enough and good enough at sales to be you know charisma whatever the fuck i also know friends who had 4.0s and then went to law school and then they're like they don't they're like you know not doing anything even relative to law or they went to grad school and they're like bartending and shit i'm not saying that that's good or bad i am saying that uh, when I asked a professor, like, you know, how, what would you, when I was like in college, I was like, I think it was my counselor. I was like, what would you recommend? You know, like, should I get involved in all these, she was, uh, you know, um, like extracurriculars and stuff? Like, you know, I want to, she was like, just network, just make friends with people. And I was like, huh? And I was like, what about like honor society stuff? She was like, it's way more important that you just get to know as many people as possible. And I was like, oh, the older that I get, the more I think that's true. Cause like I've worked for and with kiss asses that are the best at their jobs and they're stuck being like a middle manager. I've had higher up people that you meet once a month. They just show up to check on shit. Horrifically stupid, but the coolest, funniest guys on planet earth, guys, girls, whatever. Like just, they're just, they're just larger than life personalities. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They failed up their whole lives, you know, but they just like, they enter a room and you're like, I want to talk to Tony. I don't give a fuck. You know, the Tony's my boss or he's like, I don't give a fuck that Tony makes half a million dollars a year. Tony's Tony's cool. I want to go talk with Tony. Oh, hey, what's up, Tony? Tony's like, ah, I don't know your fucking name, man. And you're like, God, Tony's so cool. I want to. I want Tony to have sex with me. <laughs> I want Tony to fuck me. Yeah, and Tony's then that's a- how you. That's how you make money. Yeah, that's how you get up in the world. Um, is you be a guy who you walk in a room and people want to rub that shiny bald head or whatever. <laughs> oh, I fucking. Um, <laughs> My, uh, I had a friend of mine. She ran a. She was like a GM at a, uh, a Greek restaurant, and um, she. Uh, they were hiring like a sous chef, and this place was like I wouldn't call it like fine dining, but it was upscale for sure. And they were hiring for a sous chef, and uh, you know she's like getting people, you know, sending in resumes. It's like oh, I studied at the fucking. Ecole Kitchen, Petit Pont, whatever the fuck, or like you know, oh, I went to the Culinary Institute in Milan, or like, you know, oh, I, I, I was sous chef at this, you know, Michelin restaurant in New Orleans, whatever the fuck. 
And uh, she said she got obviously. I mean, I don't know if this guy got the job. This was this was a couple. This was years ago, actually. But I don't know why I just thought of it. She had posted like a obviously his name was blocked out, but she had posted on the on Twitter. Um, the guy's uh, resume was just his first name up in big letters at the top, and then under experience, it had like cooking, twenty five years, and then a description. It was like uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like. I've been cooking chicken my whole life. I could cook so much different types of shit. <laughs> like, and she was like, she's like sifting through. <clears throat> she's like making, she was like, I'm making piles of like, goddamn, like Culinary Institute of Milan. All right, we got to, we got to talk with this guy. And then like, oh, goddamn, like Michelin, Michelin chef, in New Orleans, oh, French, French cuisine. Yeah, we're Greek, but I'm sure he could learn. And then like, she gets this guy's resume and it's like, literally like his age, that's the amount of years he'd been cooking. And the description was like, I cook chicken, I cook meat, like I cook vegetables, all types of shit. <laughs> That's so awesome. And then like under the, like, you know, there's like, she said it was like the shortest resume. Like there was a whole page, but only like a quarter of the page was covered with text. It was like, that was his work experience. And then it, like under education, it was like, I learned from my family and I learned from YouTube. <laughs> Like, and she was like, she was like, dude, I, w- I wanted to email this guy so bad and bring it in for an interview just to see what type of dude he was. I never, f- I obviously, you know, probably didn't end up doing that, but I have so much. I tell people all the time, I'm like, dude, just, just lie on that motherfucker. Lie on your resume. Like, I have friends who d- didn't graduate college or didn't go, and they like, they'll ask me, they're like, dude, how did you get into the work from home shit? I'm tired of bartending, man. I'm tired of fucking working construction or like. I'm tired of fucking, you know, roofing or whatever the fuck. Like, I want it. And I was like, dude, build a resume. Send it to me if you want. And lie on that motherfucker. Lie. And they're like, what do you mean lie? Like, they're like, oh, for these jobs, you have to have degrees. I'm like, say you went to some um, fucking middle-of-the-road, no-name state school in Texas. Just say you went to fucking Stephen F. Austin. Say you went to UNT. I've never in my whole life, in any office job I've ever had... And this is advice for the listeners, too. If you want to get a fake-ass work-from-home job like daddy, uh, but you're like, I don't have a college degree. No one has ever asked me for my transcripts. Barely anybody even asked for, like, any, like, work samples, at least with the entry-level jobs. Like, obviously, they're not going to pay great, but if you're tired of busting your dick down in the dirt and you want to fucking work from the couch and scratch your nuts all day, just lie. Build a fake resume. Have your friends be references. Say they worked for companies and they own companies that don't exist. Make a fake LinkedIn account. Do all that shit. And if they find out that you're lying, ah, you know, you gave it the old college try. I don't think any of it's illegal. And if it is, don't correct me in the comments or don't message me about any of it. I don't care. Yeah, on my resume, I'm a CEO. And yeah. it's for this <laughs> podcast. Dude, I had this and, But shit. I have it as, as B-H-E Incorporated. For Boss Hog Entertainment, because I figured out, and dude, as soon as I changed it to that, I've had like, I've had like twenty companies reach out on on Indeed, like in the last few days, just yeah. after putting like BHE. CEO at yeah. BHE and yeah, it's BHE sounds legit, me, dude. Yeah, <laughs> BHE Incorporated. Yeah, that sounds like a shipping we company. Should, <laughs> we, we should have just seen if that was available, but it's I like that it's Boss Hog Entertainment Incorporated. Yeah. Also, it's I mean it's. I do have it worked out okay. I have it on mine, but it's I'm like I'm a podcast producer. Uh, I I I think I took it off. 
It's really funny. It's funny to me because I have CEO on my resume, and I have nothing else. Like <laughs> I, I have like that, and then like being a day laborer. Yeah, and, that's like, that doing is free yeah. Work and stuff. <laughs> And then, like, working at the DMV for a few months. Yeah, it's like uh, you have jobs that, like, like your whole life you've had just, like, you know, normal, everyday working guy jobs. And then just, like, two and a half years ago, CEO of BHE. And, like, you just... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it sounds like I got the biggest PPP loan of all time. Yeah, and created, yeah. like, a Chinese shipping company. Yeah, like a shell corporation to run your right, income yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. No, I, like, I... As a goof, when I was like super unemployed, like I guess like a year and a half, two years ago, I would make fake. Res- I would I would send like fifty real resumes a week. I would just like spend all day doing it. Um, but I would send out two or three that were completely fabricated. Harvard educated, like MBA, like I went to Wharton, you know, like well traveled. I was on I was on the PayPal starting team. Like I would just make like the best resume. <laughs> That like a tech, a stupid tech company that wants to give away half a million dollars a year to some fucking moron would give. Because my philosophy was this. And I was really down on my luck. This was like year one of the show. I was really down on my luck. Here was my thinking. Before they realize, if it's a half a million dollar a year job, I could probably get away with like a business week of being in meetings. And just getting trained and getting like before they realized that the jig was up. So half a million dollars a year. I think that's like, fuck, I don't know how to do math. Fifty, sixty thousand dollars a month. Hey, that's ten grand. They still gotta pay me. You know? And yes, I fleeced them and lied to them, but my I thought that that could work is how stupid I am. I was like, look, I could Monday to Friday, I'm like, yeah, so when are we doing uh, so have we checked the quarterly analytic, the report of the file? <laughs> How's everybody? How's the team team doing with their with their um, installment of their sales quota? Like just just say words, and maybe mm-hmm. everybody would think I'm just oh that's that's Jake, classic Jake. I you know, he's if he was a funny guy in the interview, you know he's just messing around. Maybe two weeks, and then of course you know you get half a paycheck and then you know blacklisted from working. Maybe I don't know, but I thought that that might work. It didn't work. I never even got like I think I got like one email about like hey. My name's fucking Tom, and I want to interview you to be the CFO of fucking Charles Schwab location in Austin. And I was like, oh, um, I don't even think I have a suit. <laughs> I think I just have, you know, porky T-shirts and fucking athleisure. But I think I'm going to apply for the police academy. I think it's time. Um, just lot, just say background check is clear. No need to. <laughs> No need to run it. I don't need to look through too hard on you that look one. They can look at the, my Google Doc that I put. No, yeah. no arresting and nothing unlawful. Yep. Has never tried drugs mm-hmm. except except for ibuprofen mm-hmm. and Zyrtec. Mm-hmm. And my main passions in life are um, protecting I'm and a, serving. I like protecting citizens. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoy spending time with civilians. Yeah, I like serving my community um, so much. Yeah, uh, I like to. I'm actually I, I like to. Um, I play basketball with black teenagers all day. Yeah. Um, but it's just sort of something I do. Like as a cop, I would probably do it in uniform and like mm. also with a gun on my hip. Yeah. So like if somebody was trying to guard me too much, like I have a gun on me. So right, yeah. Don't make me look stupid in the paint. I swear to God, <laughs> like don't. You right. Know. 
you know, I, I guess what I would probably do on a daily basis as a police officer of um, Fort Worth, Texas, is I would I would manage civilians in an uplifting way. Mm-hmm. And I think I would really specialize in, um, like, mental wellness checkups and, like, <laughs> domestic abuse calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be my strong point. Um, you would give very uplifting and motivational speeches to, like, uh, like you know, wayward black youth. You would just, right. like, pull them into you with, like, an arm over the shoulder outside of a stripes or something. And Dude, if like, they gave me a Crown Vic, I would think about it. <laughs> If well, they gave me a Crown Vic and let me be like a traffic cop, yeah. where I'd, I would obviously I would not give out a single ticket. Yeah, I would eat Twizzlers in my car all day. Yeah, <laughs> again, but great point. Like I, to to the conversation from earlier, it's like even if you lasted a month, they'd have to pay you. Yeah, like, like I mean, cops make good money. Yeah, cops make thirty eight thousand dollars a year. You know, well, dude, cops here make too much money. I know that in. And I think it's almost like I, – I don't know. I'm, I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. But I've heard that, like, it's a lot like teachers where it's like if you teach in a good school district, you can make, you know, 60, 65, like a really nice area. Like if you teach in, uh, like, Houston Memorial or, or – it's like police kind of the same way. It's like cops where I grew up in Pasadena, they don't get paid dick. Uh, but if you're a cop – like in a like at River Oaks or something or like uh, or the Woodlands. If you're like a cop in the Woodlands, you can make really good money. Cause it's yeah, like, I think cops around here start at like seventy five or something. That is fucking insane. That's no, I haven't there's heard a, anything you that know, high. There's there's a yeah, there's a town nearby where it's like rich, but like nothing really happens, and so the police are like super aggressive there. With like, if you're going like one mile per hour over they'll give you a speeding ticket but they all start they all start at like eighty five thousand dollars is that like they're uh, crazy is that prosper it's over there by denton uh benbrook okay there's a town um it's going viral right now because they have they just built this high school that's like you may have seen it like on the internet oh the like traditional looking one it's a walnut grove it's like it looks like a university from like a fucking coming of age movie or whatever it's huge and but the town is is one of those. It's like they've just there's still a lot of like res- it's one of those North Texas towns right up near Oklahoma where like for whatever reason the oil money residuals are still everybody everybody's just got money. It's just you know it like the teachers there make bank the football program like the the strength and conditioning coaches are probably making 150 grand a year. It's just one of those Texas schools that's like. You know, they have every type of food in the food. Dude, when I would go to other schools, um, I I tried to get into debate my freshman year. And I was really bad at it, mostly because I used it to as an excuse to, like, you know, like smoke weed and fucking you know, sleep in my car or in my fucking, you know, at home. Uh, anyway, I would go to, the, like, Houston Memorial. I would go to these really nice schools, and I was like, it was one of my first introductions to, like, Holy shit. You know, like, I don't know if you ever, for whatever reason, if you ever had to go to a nicer high school when you were in high school, but like, yeah, if you, if, if it's like an event or like I had friends that went to uh, clear Springs or uh, like clear Creek high school uh, over there by Galveston Bay, that was just fucking insane. And I was like, damn, my high school has, um, they have a drug dog. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was one. It's like you're, you're like, dude. I just thought all high school looked like jail. 
I didn't know that some high schools look like the college from Zoe 101. Like, I didn't know. Like, I just didn't, you know. I didn't know the high school was allowed to look nice. I just thought high school was supposed to look like a mental hospital. You know, and not and I didn't go to that bad of a high school. I think they put more money into it, like, in the last 10 years since I've been graduated. But when I first started going there, it was pretty gnarly. And it got a little nicer as time went on. But Yeah. Um, so, in Fort Worth... You can get forty six hundred dollars a month just to do police academy training. That is, in, I've never made that much money in a job. Like, not just. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. Whatever Maybe you have, I think. No, probably. It's like it's it's under. I think that's under sixty k. No, the last job I had after taxes, I was bringing in about like forty two hundred a month. Right. Well, this is this is before pre tax. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah, that's not terrible. And then, and then, as soon as you graduate, you're making sixty six point six thousand. Sixty six. That's funny. Six six six, baby. That sixty six. Well, six six. It's sixty six thousand five hundred ninety three dollars. And then uh, also, you get a raise like constantly. You have longevity pay, which is four dollars per month times the number of years of service, and then. Um. And then you get paid extra also if you have any type of college degree. Um, this is, dude, every, all of this is made up. Yeah. <laughs> all of this is fucking. That's so much money to be like. They get, they get 15 days of sick leave every year. That's pretty good. Three, yeah, three weeks of paid vacation a that's year. That's fucking really good, and, dude. Get the fuck. And eight paid vacations every year. Let's look at their retirement fund. This is also also this isn't for Dallas. This is for Fort Worth. So to keep in mind, Dallas is probably much better. Yeah. Um, all right. You know, actually, I don't need to read about their retirement plans because that's not that interesting. Well, but I you think can imagine there's uh, less comfy gigs to be had. You know, for sure. And I don't. I personally have known not very many. Co- I've known like three cops in my personal life. Yeah. And. Especially lately on some of these like macho guy podcasts or like some of these fucking there's this idea that it's like gritty, you know, hey, it's you're going out into a fucking world where where it's it's you and you're separating the fucking animals from the the, the beautiful people of Flower Mound, Texas. <laughs> like there's this mentality like and I've read in a couple places that like when you, any police academy, don't matter how fucking small the town is. One of the things they, they, they drive home is it's like you are the last line of defense between the raging horde of purge psychos in Copperas Cove and the, and the sweet citizens of the town. It's you. That's the mentality. But, like, every cop I've known, for the most part, is like, yeah, uh, I drive around, like, 10 hours a day, and then, like... Um, about twice a week, you know, I get a call. A guy got too drunk and, you know, yelled at his old lady, and that's never good. Um, a dog got loose the other day. Like, it's just, it's 99.8% that. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 it's definitely not that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. I forget what it's called, End of Watch. The movie's badass. I remember watching that movie, and I was like, man, cops actually might not be so bad after all. That, that movie's sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, that movie came out rec- fairly recently enough to where I had, like, a, a certain political, you know, or, or, or visual, a, a perception of the police system in America. And I watched that movie, and at the end of the credits were rolling, I was like, dude, 
these motherfuckers are cool as shit. <laughs> like, I mean, look, I'm not saying they're good, but like Jake Gyllenhaal was boxing like a crip at the, at the, at the house in one scene. And he kept a gangster because he didn't shoot the guy. He said, hey, if you can whoop me, I'll let you slide on this drug charge. And then he whooped him and, and he took him to jail and the guy was cool with it. That's absolutely how it would go in real life. A cop would say, hey, I'm going to take my gun out. I'm going to place it outside and then me and you are going to square off gangster style back in the day. And whoever win, if you win, you get to get away with uh, tra- there- intent to distribute <laughs> and felony drug possession. But if I, but if I win, you got to go to jail with me. That scene was yeah, so and, awesome, and, and, dude. Uh, I know you you might go to jail for twenty years, but I know you will honor your word. Yeah, after it, hey, if if you beat me in a fight, I know if I let you go, you will stop selling high points to teenagers. <laughs> It we I know that you will stop, dude. That scene was so sick because I just have American movie brain, dude. And I was watching that scene. I, I remember we rented it at the house, like right after it came out, and, and I was high as hell. And I was like, "This is how it should be. <laughs> this is how it should be." Just, just you know, you if I was a co- like, you remember we were talking a long time ago about like you would be a cool slave owner. <laughs> Like, yeah, 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 it's the same thing where I was like, man, if I was a cop in South Central L.A., this is how I would get down. I would keep it 100. I would, I would be respected. <laughs> the, the Crips and the Bloods and the GDs, they would love me because I, would keep, I wouldn't bully them. I would talk to them like adults. <laughs> like, lifelong fucking, yeah, like, I would be, I would keep it 100. I'd keep it a bill with them, and they would recognize. You know how Denzel Washington was in training day? That's how I would be. Not crooked though, because I would I would abide by the good book. <laughs> I would be a an honorable police. Actually, I'm pretty sure because I've seen enough cop shows too, like fiction and and you know like documentaries. It's like if I you know you you hear about like you know like they do these uh, internal investigations and the cop breaks down. You know they do like a drug raid and they find like a hundred thousand dollars in cash. And some beat cop takes like ten thousand dollars in cash home or whatever. I'm doing that. I'm not. I'm doing that. And and as far as I'm concerned, it's not necessarily civil or asset forfeiture. You know, whatever. It's just cash. But like, people are like, "Can you believe cops do this? Can you, can you believe cops take drug money and hide it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I would do it. Of course." Like of Finders all, keepers. Yeah, of all the things that those guys can get up to, those those nasty little those st- little stinkers, <laughs> the the they just pocketing a little drug money. Like no, yeah, I'm doing that shit. They got billboards in Austin. I don't know why. Maybe I don't know. Maybe because Austin's like a, it's like a city where a lot of people move to. But they've got billboards that say like ten thousand dollars sign on bonus, and like starting salary. Yeah, something crazy like seventy five seventy thousand a year. I think to be a cop in Spokane, Washington. And I like, I don't know why I think this way. I mean, I do know why I'm the kind of guy I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop when things in my life are going good. I'm always waiting for something really bad to happen. And I never really get to enjoy the moments in my life that are, you know, that are peaceful and whatever. It's just, just how I'm wired. I see that billboard. I have no intention of being a police officer. But I see that billboard and there's a thought in my head that's like, if two or three more really bad things happen to me, <laughs> I'm calling up the sheriff of Spokane and I'm like, you got a, you got a guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set things straight in Spokane. I'm going to make, 
everybody's going to love and respect me in Spokane, Washington. I need a $10,000 cash bonus, and I need I, – you don't have to give me the Charger even. Give me the Crown Vic. I want to be a classic cop. None of this fancy highfalutin. I don't need the Charger. I don't need the fucking whatever the fast SUV those guys got. Just give me Crown Victoria. Give me a revolver, too. I don't want a Glock. I don't want a SIG. I don't want a fucking HK. Just give me a, a old, dirty, hairy revolver, and I will clean the streets of Spokane up. Don't cops have to buy their own gun? They do, which was another thing. I just When I found that out, I was like, that is hilarious. Uh, I would probably carry a machete instead. Yeah, I like. I asked my my neighbor was a cop for a long time, and our, our families were friends for a bit. And he was telling me he had to buy his own gun, and I'm stupid, so I was like, "Why wouldn't you just buy like a Uzi?" <laughs> I was like, dude, I was like 12 years old. I was like, "What kind? Of, you guys have a pistol?" He's like, "Yeah, we have to buy your own gun." You know, I was like, "Why wouldn't you?" No, obviously not a Uzi. I was like, "Why wouldn't you just get like the biggest gun of all time?" It's like, well, you have to be able to carry it. You need to be able to carry magazines or whatever. I'm like, no. If I was a cop, no, yeah, one shot. (laughs) Yeah, I would get a gun. Fifty cal. Yeah, the I would get a fifty cal Desert Eagle (laughs) that uh, that's super easy to shoot and super you know mobile or whatever. And uh, and that's how I would fight crime is with a bullet so big that it's like the size of my arm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I I wouldn't, you know. I don't know. I can't even I can't even pretend like I wouldn't do certain if my life got, you know, if I if if it came down to it, I'd probably just go back to bouncing. I don't think there's ever a, a world where I like would join the police force, but it would be funny. If like if you it'd be funny if a friend that you knew for a long time did and then became like a career policeman like Alex <laughs> like if he was that'd like be, that would be very interesting yeah like it because like, you know he's he's got a very lucrative gig you know and he does well for himself but if he was just like yeah man i'm thinking of doing something different like we're hanging out at the house and we're like what are you you know you're gonna think about franchising out like open up more spots he's like nah i think i'm gonna be a cop <laughs> that would be like something like really wrong yeah 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 did something like did another really like did something really bad happen to you? Like, no, nah, man, I just yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to give back in a way that I've never given back in my life. And what imagine one of your friends says they're becoming a cop, and you ask why the fuck they're doing that, and they say it's time to fight back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? Well, I like I uh, there's a. A kid who trains at the the gym I'm at, he's always like uh, real tall kid, like real spazzy in the jujitsu, and we'll like lift sometimes together. And uh, I haven't seen him in a while. He's getting a criminal justice degree, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I want to be a cop." So this is, so I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just gonna like learn how to. This is why I'm like learn how to fight, you know, because I want to be getting into a lot of fights as a cop. He's very like I don't. I think people abuse the term like on the spectrum to the point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. But he's definitely like f- from my own radar, he's like, yeah, you know, cops, cops get into a, like a lot of fights. So this is why I'm becoming a cop. Uh, and so I can be healthy and learn to fight and I could be, I can be an effective police officer. And I was like, Oh man, you know, like, do you ever talk to somebody and you don't know if they can conceptualize why they, the thing they said is really bad. Like if, do you like they don't understand why what the thing that just came out of their mouth is like not a good thing to say, 
I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah, no, he, I get what you he mean. was like, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna get really good at shooting. I go to the range twice a week, and I and I take I go jujitsu three times a week and Muay Thai twice a week. And once I finish my degree, I can start, and I'm gonna start in San Marcos, but I really want to be a cop in California. And and that's, so that's why I'm getting so good at shooting and fighting because I'm gonna be a good policeman. I'm making him sound like a baby. He's a 22 year old man, but he talks like he's got that manner of speaking. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I know that the way your brain functions, what just came out of your mouth is a completely reasonable life plan. That's, that makes sense it, because the way that your brain works, that your life is linear and there's a problem, which is crime, and the, and the, uh, maybe neurodivert. I don't know. I don't, I don't have that type of mind, but maybe in your mind you see crime is problem, solution um, triangle chokes and pistols, which <laughs> I mean, that's not, it's I, to me, in my opinion, it's not really an effective solution. It's, it's something that, you know, like force and being better at force is definitely something that the United States invests, whatever the fuck. But I just didn't know what to say. I was like, Oh, well, I mean, I guess it's good to be prepared. Like, you know, and like you said, like time to fight back. He like, his like, I guess he was spotting me. His like closing remark with of the end, this period of the conversation was like, yeah, you know, it's just it's 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 about being prepared. It's about being prepared for what's out there. And I was like, uh, like I don't know. It's a quote from like a bug's life. Yeah, it's such a funny thing to say. Like it's it's what like, are you what are you a mouse? Well, I think like there are guys, and I've and I've met and known guys that are like, they're just overtly racist they just they like I, I you know they just they're like yeah you know you can't i mean it, it the way that they act you know it's crazy like pe- I, relatives i've had people i've known you know they're just yeah you know he phrased that 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 concept in the most like i hate you know in the most spurgy way like you got to be prepared for what's out there you know because the world is just it's crazy and the people people have just lost all sense, and so I and so it's important to to be prepared when you um, when you when you go and it, uh, because because a cop a cop protects and 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 this is why I have five pistols and you're like yeah again like I know what you're trying to say I don't know if you know what you're saying what you're saying to me I'm I'm translating from what you're saying into my brain. Is you're saying I am going to fight and kill so many people, <laughs> like, like I'm getting prepared. The purpose of my job is not to serve a community or to be involved in the uh, in the places that I patrol or whatever. My job is to, with an iron fist, spinning back kick, and shoot you know uh, poor people or whatever the fuck you know. But again, like the way he phrased it led me to believe that maybe he wasn't aware. Of that, how it's I don't know. Now it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, maybe he'd like recently like played with some GI Joes or yeah. something, and it like changed the course of his life. Maybe you know if he could watch Paw Patrol or something. Well, like a lot of be a firefighter. I don't know. When I was in like graduate, uh, like undergrad and graduate school, like the the people that I knew that studied criminal justice were one, fall, fell into two camps, like pre law, like the most annoying fucking people on planet Earth are pre-law students i was pre-law for a little bit to give everybody context so of course it's an annoying thing but like annoying like um uh well there was a case that there was a the, the a, a seminal court case in 19 shut the fuck up 
we're drinking beer. We're not. This is this is college, dude. I know you, you have big dreams. Shove it up your ass. There's those guys, and then there's criminal justice guys that have the like, uh, like turning point stickers in their laptops. Like they can't wait to be a correctional officer. They want to be the warden of a jail. They want to go to a four year university to be a prison warden. They just like their their minds are geared towards punishment and punishment only. They only understand like the stick or whatever the fuck. Um, and sometimes, you know, the world needs guys like that. <laughs> the world needs, you know, uh, I guess hard men or whatever the fuck. We need to bring back Sherlock yeah. Holmes style detectives. That could be something you could pursue. If you just yeah, like, I would like, I'd like to wear the duster hat and the big. Uh, <laughs> the the problem with the coat situation is. It gets so dang hot here. Yeah. But I think if I lived somewhere, you know, more temperate, I could manage it. Maybe, you know what I could do? What we could do is we could be like Miami cops. Like vice we guys. Could be like the, we could be like the shoulder length hair. Yeah. We're going to be, yeah. I'll be Don Johnson. You'd be the other guy. I'll be the black guy? <laughs> yeah, you'd be the black guy. Uh, I like, I'm, I'm thinking now, like laughing in my head about you showing up to the Fort Worth police station just dressed like a like an eighteen seventies like like just dressed like Watson. Like the big petticoat and like the cabbie hat and like you got a cane but there's a sword in the cane. And you got a limp but it's clear that you've been through war. You went you were and uh and you just sit down and you're like uh, looking to get I'm looking to become lead detective <laughs> here. Yes, <laughs> I hear you're having a little bit of trouble now. Uh, excuse me. Would be uh, with your caper. <laughs> oh. What if I told you he was right in front of you all along? Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, we've got a guy who's been breeding pit bulls, <laughs> and they keep getting out and and, uh, and eating horses. <laughs> keep eating the police horses that we have." Because some of us like to ride on horses, because that's what cops do now. They ride on fucking. We enforce the law on horseback. Well, what if I told you <laughs> that I knew this man from way back? We served together oh, in the we... in the Prussian War. <laughs> what if I told you I knew him <laughs> from a past life? Hey, brother, I'm not trying to be rude. I ain't. No, I'm not sure where you're from, but what accent is that? <laughs> what? Oh, I've got something in my mouth. <laughs> I've been doing cocaine for for seven days straight. My jaw is locking up. It's I can't swallow. So <laughs> there's something going on. Well, Hi. I'm not sure we could bring you on as lead detective because you do got to you got to serve on the beat. You know, a good number of years before we can. But I, I like the cut of your jib, so you know we might be able to work something out. What if I told you that I'm a peculiar type of man? And I'll be needing my own flat. Uh, I'll be needing a flat right above the police office. And I want my assistant to live with me. <laughs> and it's not a... It's my platonic assistant. This is my platonic friend. His name's Watson, and we are not... And he will also be hired on. <laughs> he was a... You, he is not a detective. I will he be paid I know. in large p paper bills the size of a sheet of printer paper and gold coins only. This is. I would like. To, also, I will be <laughs> shooting guns indoors. Could you pay me in That's U.S. security bonds from the steel boom? I <laughs> would like prostitutes also. <laughs> 
Now I'm not trying to be, you know, rude or nothing, man. But are you are you describing the first and second Sherlock Holmes movies starring Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law? Just uh, question. Oh, hmm. well, you'd have to ask Watson Mor- Moriarty about that. <laughs> the You're movies. like <laughs> they're describing just like like uh, the Kia boys. Like they're like, well, you know, if you want to help, man, you know, we we always like to deputize civilians. We got uh you've been hearing about them Kia boys are all over the computer. You know, there's uh, there's like a flaw in the ignition system of any Kia made in the last, you know, five years and they can get in that motherfucker real lickety split with a USB just from an iPhone and you're like, Sounds like the work of Professor Moriarty. <laughs> uh, what if I told you the answer was right in front of your notes <laughs> And they're like, Yeah, no, it's we know what's going on. We're just kind of trying to figure out how to stop it. Well, <laughs> perhaps we should take a step back into the past. We don't. Hey, listen, man. We don't. I I have a list of names. I just need you. They're all juveniles. They've, they've been in the system. It's a sad story, but. Your answer, Captain, is in London Tower. <laughs> now, I mean. <laughs> I don't mean, uh, you know, I, at this point, man, I just don't quite understand. You're saying we got to go to London to solve a problem that's primarily happened in the DFW Metroplex. Perhaps somebody left a music box in the Big Ben clock and there's a, <laughs> a note in it or something. And maybe there was a specific shoe that somebody wore a few years ago that I'll remember. <laughs> Or maybe there was a girl wearing perfume and using the perfume. I can see math in my eyes, and then I will know who did it. Well, I just got to ask you. Um, I, it's clear that you got you know you're, you got a keen eye for this type of work. You got close attention to detail. It's always good. Yes. Do you know how to handle yourself? I'll have you know that I've been in seventy slow motion fistfights. <laughs> I'll have you know that all my Jewish, all my gypsy girlfriends, I mean, well, they're all dead. And I'm very sad about it. They keep getting killed. And it's weird how poor they all are. I keep finding these impoverished women, these beautiful, impoverished women, and then they keep getting murdered. And it's okay. I think about the murder whenever I think about the cases. Uh, and I'm Interestingly complex. enough, the thing is, is that... Uh, although I seem to have an IQ of approaching 200, I like to get into slow-motion fistfights in horse stables with big um, r- gypsy men. And whenever they start yes. to get the best of me, uh, that's when reality slows down. And I'm able to, through an internal monologue, um, predict how I will uh, defeat the enemy. For today's case, I will beat up Burt Kresch. <laughs> I hear that you have a real nasty scallywag in town by the name of Burt Kreischer. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, man, I'm a big Burt fan. I like that podcast. So, I mean, I, we don't got no problem with Burt. You know, in fact, me and my me and my wife are going to go see the show. You're hey, not Burt, going to want to be Burt. present. <laughs> I will kill him. <laughs> with weird math and like a slap and a handkerchief and some bullshit like that. I, have you ever watched a grown man turn a fist fight into a math problem? <laughs> what if I told you that that apple you're eating came from a tree that was shipped from the same country that Japanese people come from? 
You mean like a Japanese cherry blossom tree? <laughs> no, fuck you. I mean something else. I meant I meant the Japanese. You you meant I meant the, I meant, I meant a Japanese apple. You half wit is a Japanese a Japanese purple. I meant Korea. <laughs> Japanese people from Korea. Are you, you, are you know that. questioning my intellect, you knave? You, you think that I was talking about a specific Japanese island? <laughs> Which you have never heard of. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming in, man. I, I don't think we're we're gonna be needing your services after all. But uh, you know, good oh. luck to you out there. And uh, you know. that sounds like something Moriarty would say. <laughs> Are you working for the professor? Uh, no, I work for the good people of Fort Worth. I believe you work for. <laughs> you like pull out a saber <laughs> in the middle of a mm. police station. I believe you're working for I've Professor. I've seen you before <laughs> in Bangladesh. I saw you, are you. You were running the opium smuggling operation in Bangladesh, weren't you? I ain't never. You were the you were the guy with the turban on a boat one time, weren't you? <laughs> the guy you were you. You're saying all this because I sucked your dick on a boat. You were smoking a skinny rolled cigarette and looking forlornly into the ocean, weren't you? Oh my God! <laughs> you were the. You you were in the opium den. You were the one who I you were the guy I fingered. And I said I'd never tell anybody <laughs> except for you. And now it's just still me and you that only know. Nobody knows about it except for us two, right? I know that you have a modern <laughs> pistol on your hip, but as gentlemen, although you are my enemy, I respect you. We shall have a fist fight at the tip of a waterfall. Listen, man, you come at me with that sword, I'm going to put two in your chest and one on your head. I'm going to Mo- Mozambique your ass, and that's going to be about all she wrote for you. A coward's response. I will give you a second challenge. I will use my sword, and you can have another sword that I brought for this specific occasion. And we will do better. They are equal. <laughs> They're equal swords. Listen. Uh, one white, <laughs> one black. There's no difference... Between the two swords, uh, they're just as strong as the other sword. Anyway, um, you know, that's crazy. One is clearly, like, made out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I uh, man, if there was, if I had endless money, and uh, I feel like maybe you could get away with something like that in a state that's not Texas. Like, if you wanted to do, like, a man-on-the-street sketch, and you wanted to do it for real... You could maybe, maybe get away with it. I don't know, and maybe like a like a nice sleepy Alaska town, just you know. But like, I just I've just got this running theory, man, that anything that looks funny on the internet. One of my favorite examples is the trickster Turkish ice cream man. You know the guy who he hands the kid the fucking ice cream cone and he twists it, and the kid misses it, and he's like, oh. And then he puts the sprinkles on, and he's like, I'm sorry, little boy. And the kid goes grab, he twists it again, and then the kid starts crying. That flies uh, in a lot of places. If you were to do that at the Texas State Fair, don't they have that in Dallas? Or it's somewhere in North Texas. Uh, Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah. Imagine trying to do that to a 450-pound, 5'8 guy in denim shorts and a fucking Romo jersey. Try denying him his ice cream cone with tricks, with hand-eye coordination and, you know, with speed and guile. He would, he would mag dump in your, into your chest and your head. He would. Uh, 
Indeed. And so anyway, that's been uh, that's been our show. If you've been listening to this, that means that it's free, and that means that there's so much more to be had. There's so many more adventures and characters. There's there's so much more to this show other than Fort Worth, Fort Worth Sherlock Holmes. Um, there's so much more to this show than uh, I think that was. I think that was the only character. Then then Paul Wall being black. Yeah yeah. There's so much more to the show. There's there's intellect. There's intrigue. There's drama. You know. There's. Uh, history there's politics there's culture there's english there's science there's social studies uh there's pe there's pe we do have pe there's lunch there's, we talk there, about lunch a lot there is lunch so we, we love lunch um there's it's our it's our in our top three meals mm-hmm. there's um there's you know your free period um and then there's uh athletics and then and then we have uh, i think that's all the courses that i remember from school yeah. Uh, we have that on patreon.com slash Pendejo time, you know, five bucks a month gets you access to, um, um, science and math. But if you want the cool stuff, if you want PE and English and social studies, you got to get 10 bucks a month and that gives you access mm-hmm. to all the video episodes plus math and science plus discord access plus the bonus episodes. And if you want to be the principal of Pendejo time high school, that's 50 bucks a month. Um, yeah, and, you know, and if you want to be the superintendent, <laughs> I guess a hundred bucks. A I don't know, it's not even an option, but you know, you can Venmo school board, yeah. general school board, maybe thirty. <laughs> it goes down. Figures. <laughs> if you want to be the president, well, if you want school, school, school board isn't as good as superintendent. You know if you mean? give me and Thomas a thousand bucks a month, we will change the uh, escort paperwork to where you are the CEO of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll have we'll have. Uh, which I think it'll probably cost about that much <laughs> yeah, to, to, that, so. to reorganize the uh, the like yeah. the, 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 the the paperwork. But yeah, anyway, uh, that'll that's all she wrote, folks. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. Bye.